Hello everyone and welcome back to today's episode on Movius Ministries Podcast. This is your friend and brother in Christ, Josiah. This is season 26, episode 245, and here on Movius Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, thank God, do my best to interpret scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Holy Spirit, and encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons as we also continue to be prepared for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, okay. If you've been listening for some time now uh, to my podcast, um, or uh, you're, you're new here, um, I'm so glad that you're here. I genuinely mean that. Over two years ago, God told me to start this podcast and to start using the teaching gift that he's given me. Uh, My only prayer in today's episode is, well, not my only prayer, but my number one prayer would be that God's will is done in your life. Um, If you have any questions or comments about today's sermon or anything that you just want to talk to me about and I would love to help you, you can email me at josiahmovius12 at yahoo.com. For those of you that heard the, uh, the story about my friend Allison who... Uh, sent me an email and it ended up in my spam and I wasn't able to see it. I'm still doing my best to take a look at that. Um, have had a busier schedule recently. Um, but the verse of the day is a pretty well-known uh, verse. It's out of the book of Romans. Pretty, pretty, pretty well-known book um, in the body of Christ. Chapter 8, verse 28. Very well-known verse. If you don't know it, well, here's your opportunity to know the verse. Out of the Amplified, it reads, And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. Beloved, Recently, I have been seeing little glimpses of this verse play out in my life, and the Lord's just been giving me little insights, and it's been absolutely just incredible. Um, really, com- just just communing with the Lord in those moments, um, and focusing on His goodness in that get in that given area. Uh, the verse that's the, or the song that's playing in the background, in case you'd like to know the name of it, it's uh, we've played it before or I've played it before. It's called Set Us on Fire by Waldner Worship. Been playing some more Waldner Worship recently, but I really like their music. They've got good stuff. Let's open in prayer and then I'll give you guys kind of an update about kind of just just like to I like to update you guys about what's kind of going on in my life. So I like to be I like to, I just like to be connected with you guys. You guys are my spiritual family for those who who trust in Christ, who listen to this podcast. I can't assume that all of you guys do cuz that wouldn't be very loving, but I'm also not trying to gaslight where there are some people who really do trust Christ and people will hear them and be like, oh, well, do I trust Christ? And so here I am saying that if you do trust in Christ, you're, you're my brother, you're my sister. Father, thank you for giving us another opportunity here to get into your word, to study it and know it. Um, Lord, I just humble myself and uh, I ask that you're glorified in today's episode. Um, we just confess our sins. Any sins that you haven't confessed, go ahead and do that before the Lord. Um, not out of legalism, but out of loving Him. Lord, I, I pray that you would bless the poor in spirit today. 
those who are who, who disregard spiritual ignorance that we would continue <clears throat> to be teachable and meek and humble I pray for ears to hear Lord the right ears the ears that discern things ears that want to accept the truth soften people's hearts Lord I pray for any type of trial or suffering people are going through and you'd give them insight and wisdom, Lord. You've done so with me. You've carried me through. You've seen my suffering, Lord, and, and you truly have. I've seen your work in those areas. Father, we look to your son. We look to him. Help us to look to him. Help us to not only look inwardly and to stay there, but to look to your son. I ask for grace in today's episode, in my depravity, and my weakness. Let the words out of my heart and the meditation of my heart be pleasing towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I got back into the gym today. I was finally able to kind of get back in there. It's been my diet over the last couple weeks. been pretty rough. Um, I am totally set on uh, trying to lose my little bit of a belly by summertime. Um, not looking to get like shredded. Like my favorite football player in the NFL, his name is DK Metcalf. I'm not trying to look like him <laughs> as much as that'd be nice. A lot of that is genetics, but um, I definitely want to get a little bit more tone um, and examining my heart as well in that and not becoming prideful or arrogant or haughty. So um, taking a stricter look at my diet. Some of you guys heard that I lost my job a little while ago. Um, that was a kind of a tough trial. Um, I've continued to trust the Lord, um, doing my part, applying for jobs. I had an interview today at a, it's a, another cleaning maintenance position at, uh, at an elementary school, um, pays 15 an hour, uh, but it's full-time work. It's, it's really good hours. So, um, trusting the Lord in this, uh, she offered me the job. I told her I'd let her know by the end of the day. I had a little phone uh, interview today after I, uh, after I uh, worked out, had a really good meal today. Uh, got some leftovers for later. Overeating is another thing I'm really trying to look at as well because that's what really can also play a factor in gaining weight. But um, had some rice with some uh, some beef sirloin slices. Uh, they're grass-fed, so they're good. And then I had some uh, kielbasa, I think, sausage with some white rice and... Uh, what else? I, I had some put some feta cheese in there too. It's really really good. I usually put mustard in it too and tandoori spice. It's a it's an Indian spice you can put on chicken. Um, but I wasn't able to do that. But I was grateful for, for my for my food. Continuing to have a grateful heart before the Lord. Um, I'll finish with this and we'll we'll, we'll get into today's message, Lord willing. I have been experiencing uh. A particular spiritual growth that I'm really grateful for and it's I, I've never experienced something like this in a while and I'm just really grateful to the Lord this is all his grace by the way it's his work in me it's Philippians 1 6 he will finish the work that he started in you until the day of Christ's return many of you guys have heard me kind of give my own interpretation of how that looks but um it's like where God's like oh well I know you know we're gonna come back in two days and we're gonna save our bride so I'll just stop working I'll just stop working in you it's okay. I'm going to come back in, in a couple days. I'm going to come back in a week. It's not a big deal. 
I've done enough work in you. You've shown enough repentance. Your fruit has lasted, this and that. No, the fact that God is going to be working on us until the day that Christ comes back. Oh my gosh. And that's, of course, that's me. That's us like thinking that he's going to come back in our generation, but we don't know. We can know the season, but we don't know the day or the hour. But anyway, um, what was I trying to say? Help me, Lord. Um, oh, so some of you guys have heard about my struggle about, um, or not my struggle, but my deep desire to, to meet my future spouse, to meet my wife. Um, recently, I have been feeling tiny glimpses of joy that the Lord is being glorified through my waiting. Um, even staying clean uh, off of uh, just sexual sins. I, I just recently, praise the Lord, I, I'm two years free of pornography. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. I did have a slip up a little while ago. I was very quick to repentance. I went straight down to my knees after and just really felt so broken. Just absolutely distraught. I could go on and on about what I felt, but super grateful that the Lord's done that work in my heart. Uh, really has circumcised my heart. Um, but going back, like I, I've seen this spiritual growth of finding joy and knowing that he's being glorified. And it's like, I've been, again, like I said, like, like just having those little glimpses of joy, like, wow, Lord, you're being glorified through this. And it's, I can look, I'll finish with this. Lord willing, I look back and I can see that in order to, to kind of learn that, to understand it, I had to go deeper in humility and I have continued to see, I've continued to see that in my life and I'm just really grateful the Lord's continued to grant me with that. So let's get into Ecclesiastes chapter four. Obviously we just went through a long series about, excuse me, <clears throat> I just got done eating of course, so going to try and hold in my hiccups and try not burp. I'm sorry, I do struggle with that sometimes, but I've got a mute button here on my microphone. So if that happens, I'll be quick to press it. Anyway, we went through a long series about knowing your identity in Christ and we went really deep into it. And then when we got into chapter one of Ecclesiastes, I was like, okay, I get it. We just got off a really mountain high about knowing our identity in Christ. He saved us from sin. He went on that cross and he died. And then he, and then he went to the, to the tomb for three days and he rose again. And that's where we have our hope for salvation, that, that he conquered death. He paid the penalty for our sin at the cross and then he died the death we should have died. And then raising from the dead is what his power trumps that death, that when you die, you're not really dead. You are seated, that, that verse you're seated in heavenly places, that comes to life, that, that is shown when you, when you reach heaven. And now we're getting into a very depressing, sad, confusing, mind-racing thought book of Ecclesiastes. So again, Lord, give us grace and uh, help us through this journey. It's, it's a dramatic change. I get it. So today we're going to be reading out of the Amplified. As we get into chapter 4, let's get some context in mind, okay? Let's backtrack to what chapter 3 was talking about near the end, okay? So in verses 16 to 22, Solomon was looking at things from a human viewpoint. That's what we have to, we have to understand it in that lens, okay, beloved? Or what Paul would describe in the New Testament as the natural man. That's the way I would interpret it. I could be wrong about that. I'm not above reproach. 
okay? Solomon was making many different judgments on the lives of the righteous and the unrighteous. You can read that on your own time in verses 16 to 22, or if you didn't listen to the two-part series that we did, you know, last week, go ahead and check it out. But he said that God is going to judge all of them. And then he finishes with a question about who really knows where they or the animal goes after death. And so again, you might look at that. I'm going to go off note real quick and we'll get to chapter four, Lord willing. Um, you might think like, how does the born again person see that? Because we have the hope of eternal life because we trust in Christ. And so again, this is where I go back to what I said before. We, we look at this as the natural man sees it. As the person that just lives for himself, lives for his glory. He works to make his own riches and then he dies and then someone comes and advances and takes over those rewards that were produced by the man who worked hard and then died. So here we go, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 1. The title here is The Evils of Oppression. This chapter and chapter 2 are one of my favorite uh, chapters in Ecclesiastes. Chapter 3 you can throw in there as well, but 2, two and 4 are really my favorites personally. So verse 1, Then I looked again and considered all the acts of oppression that were being practiced under the sun. And beloved, just in case I didn't say, I, th I think I did say, we're reading out of the Amplified today. And behold, I saw the tears of the oppressed, and they had no one to comfort them. And on the side of their oppressors was power, and they had no one to comfort them. Verse 2, So I congratulated and thought more fortunate are those who are already dead. Again, we, we read about that, the, the those who are already dead in chapter 3. So Solomon's kind of taking that thought a little bit further as we see here in verse 2. So I, I'm going to just say verse 2 again really quick. So I congratulated and thought more uh, fortunate are those who are already dead than the living who are still living. Verse 3, but better off than either of them is the one who has not been born, who has not yet been born. Think about that. Who has not seen the evil deeds that are done under the sun, under the sun. Going back to verse one, I can feel the pain of what Solomon felt felt here as well. I and I've I've experienced it in my own life, in my childhood. Um, many of you guys have heard me talk about my childhood. It was rough. Um, sorry, I just hit my mic there. I just um, lots of manipulation, tons of gaslighting. Oh my gosh. But the Lord, I believe, allowed that to happen. So that he can use me how, how he wants. As Solomon ended chapter 3 with the righteous and the wicked after talking about there being a season for everything, he starts to elaborate on more wickedness in the earth. As we just read here, verses 1 through 3 of chapter 4. And how it has pained his heart to see such things as he says here in verses 1 through 3. I'm just gonna go I'm gonna go off note real quick again. I recently um I have been also going through just really mourning over those who are not saved. Um just moments of deep sadness and really just praying tiny prayers in those moments because it's so hard to just kind of grasp. 
And Paul talks about this in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, 2 Corinthians 7.10 For godly sorrow that is in accord with the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But worldly sorrow, the hopeless sorrow of those who do not believe, produces death. I've tried to look at that word death in the Greek and haven't really found anything too insightful. Um, I'm not sure what the ESV uses, but... Because I just read out of the Amplified, I'm not sure if the ESV uses the word death, but... That's kind of what I've been feeling... And just kind of reflecting on a different note of sadness. As we're looking at the sadness here in chapter 4 of Ecclesiastes of the sin of oppression and how... I just like read this verse again. I looked and considered all the acts of oppression that are being practiced under the sun. He saw the tears of the oppressed and there was no one to comfort them. And then he looks at the other way. He looks at he looks at the the opposite, and looks at the, the the ones who are oppressing, the ones who are unrepentant sinners, are full of power. And the people who are being oppressed has no one to comfort them. And so he looks and he's like, it's better off that that they're dead than those who are actually living. But that is even better for the person who hasn't been born yet. We see these words, then I looked again, here at the beginning of verse 1. I feel there are moments when we hear about someone's life in a one-on-one -on -one conversation and wanting the best for them by giving them wisdom and knowledge to help them, we hope to see a change. And Solomon did here as well. He desired to see a change in the wickedness of man and didn't see it. So what I'm, what I'm saying there is that he says, I looked again. And so there are moments where we can help someone in a situation and then we can come back to them and we can look again on their life and hope that there's a change because we care about them so much. Paul says to the church in Corinth, he says, do not let my work be in vain. Make my joy complete because of the, the, the good work that I've done um, in you guys. Well, I don't want to say in you, but the good work that I have done by growing you spiritually or trying to. It says that he looked again. Maybe looking again at the oppressors, those who are committing such a sin and hoping that they would have reached repentance. If that's you, if that's something you've been dealing with in the last week or in the last month or, or quite some time, praise God for your heart. You see things the way God sees, sees things. And there's no middle ground. It's either that way or you don't care. You don't care about the sin of man. It, it, it should break your heart. And if it doesn't, I don't mean to shame you, but rather this is an act where you can say, Lord, change my heart. Help me. You're full of grace and full of mercy. I'm going to be vulnerable again real quick here. I've honestly had very similar thoughts to verses 2 verses uh, two through 3. Um, I'm just going to read verses 2 through 3 real quick again where he talks about the person. He's like, the, it, it's better that the person is just is dead without living because of the oppressors. Because of their sin. 
And he's like, it's better for them to not even to not even be born. So that they don't so that they don't see it. And the thoughts that I've had that have like kind of been similar to that is I honestly am not sure if I want children one day. I'm just I'm just being honest right now. Seriously. And it's for the sake of them not seeing any pain, any sin, or any brokenness of the world. It's hard to, to face that. The reality's hard. I've gone back and forth because it would be such a joy to have your own kids. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to be able to raise someone in the ways of the Lord, tell them about Christ and that you trust in Him and He saved you from your sins. He saves you from the wrath to come. Why? What, what, how, does, how does Christ have that ability? Because God sent him. He was sent by God. Looking at uh, David Guzik here, Jesus himself said there was one man for whom it would have been better if he had never been born. And that's Judas. Matthew 26, 24. That's a hard reality. Those are very hard words to hear. But in order for us, we may not understand it, but we can humble ourselves and accept it. Love this from Guzik as well. Compassion for the oppressed is common in the Old Testament. He's quoting a a famous theologian by the last name of Eaton. Uh, But point one, uh, number one, oppression of people by a king, Proverbs 28, 16. Oppression of a servant by his master, Deuteronomy 24.14. Oppression of the poor by the affluent, Proverbs 22.16. Next week, Lord William, we'll get into this chapter, Ecclesiastes 5.8. Oppression of the poor by the uh, bureaucratic. If that's how you pronounce it, I'm going to speak this real quick. Hang on a sec. Bureaucratic. I'm not sure what that means, but we can, Lord willing, get into that next week. Maybe look at the Greek or, I mean, the Hebrew. But the next point, oppression of the poor by other poor people. Proverbs 28.3. Oppression of the alien, the fatherless, and the widow. Jeremiah 7.6. Ezekiel 22.7. Zechariah 7.10. In case you're... In case you're taking notes, at the end of this list, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the scriptures again, just in case you're taking notes. And if you're not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that like I'm trying to scorn you, okay? That's your choice. Oppression by, the, by, the char, by, by charging high interest. Oppression by charging high interest. Do we see that in today's banks? You don't have good credit? Oh, we're going to charge you 20% interest. Sorry. Sorry. Ezekiel uh, 22:12 and 29 speak to that. Ezekiel 22:12 and 29. And the last one, oppression by using false weights and measures. Hosea 12:7. You could also add Proverbs 11:1 1 to that. I'm going to read these verses one more time just in case you're taking notes. Proverbs 28:16. Proverbs 28:16. Deuteronomy 24.14 Deuteronomy 24.14 Proverbs 22.16 Proverbs 22.16 Ecclesiastes 5.8 Ecclesiastes 5.8 Again, Lord willing, we'll get into that next week and we'll uh, we'll break it down. Super excited for that. Uh, Proverbs 28.3 
Proverbs 28, 3, Jeremiah 7, 6, Ezekiel 22, 7, Zechariah 7, 10. Again, Jeremiah 7, 6, Ezekiel 22, 7, and Zechariah 7, 10. Um, of course, I just had a thought pass through my mind. There's context around these verses, so that's something else we should consider as well. Uh, Ezekiel 22, 12, and 29. So it's Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 22, verses 12 and 29. And then last but not least, Hosea 12, 7, and Proverbs 11, 1. This is another thing. If you have the heart of Solomon here, if you have the same reaction, even if, beloved, even if it's just a little bit, there are people who will compare the, the, the bigness of feelings. And if you don't have as big a feeling as me, then, and that's not right. That's not humble. That's not meek. That's not loving. As long as it breaks your heart just a little bit. That you see the oppressed suffer unjustly. Praise God for your humble, compassionate, and tender hearts. And if you're listening to this episode today and you're like, Josiah, I don't think I have that heart. Well, here's, here's good news, that my God, he's rich in mercy, and he's full of grace. And his kindness leads people to repentance. Call out to him and humble yourself. He will have mercy. I've done that so many times in my life, and the Lord has never, never ever, and he never will, according to what his word says, scorn me for it. A hardened heart would look at this and speak of arrogance, pride. You would call them today a narcissist. Such people will, will, will project everything they've gone through in their life and just say, do what I did. It's not that hard. Just get through it. They do not want to, to, to disciple humbly. Discipleship takes humility. People will come to you with their issues, <clears throat> excuse me, and you'll give them an answer. But that answer isn't always going to be 100% right. You will have to humble yourself, repent from pride or arrogance or whatever kind of word you want to say and see how you can help this person better when you're in that moment of discipleship. Because God has entrusted you with that certain person to disciple. Verse 4, I have seen that every effort in every... I have seen that every effort in labor and every skill in work comes from man's rivalry. Wow. With his neighbor. That's crazy. This too is vanity. Futility and false pride and chasing after the wind. Verse 5. The fool uh, folds his hands together and consumes his own flesh, destroying himself by idleness and apathy. Just that verse right there, verse 5, can even speak to many verses in the Proverbs, which is, by the way, written by the same author, of course, that laziness is its bad. It's a sin. It's not good. And when we fall into that, we can trust in Christ and ask God to grant us repentance and, and, and give us the energy that we need to do to get things done. Verse 6, one hand full of rest and patience is better than two fists full of labor and chasing after the wind. That is probably my favorite verse. You know, I share at the end of each message that 
I share with you guys my favorite verses. If I don't have that at the end here, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to it. One hand full of rest and patience is better than two fists full of labor and chasing after the wind. I find so much relief in that, in that verse. Verse 7, then I looked again at, at, at vanity under the sun in one of its particular forms. There, verse 8, there was a certain man without a dependent, neither, having neither a child nor a brother, yet there was no end to all his labor. Indeed, his eyes were not satisfied with riches and has never asked, for whom do I labor and deprive myself of pleasure? Like, this guy's full of it. He has everything. Solomon continues, This too is vanity. A wisp of smoke and self-conceit. Yes, it is a painful effort and an unhappy task. Verse 9, Two are better than one because they have a more satisfying return for their labor. For if either one of them falls, the other will lift his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and does not have another to lift him up. That's an interesting verse. Woe to him who doesn't have a helper, who doesn't have a companion. Who is the Holy Spirit to us, beloved? He is the helper, the advocate, the counselor. Verse 11 again, if two lie down together, they then they keep warm. Now, of course, we have to look at this in context because today we have heat that goes through our house. But looking at this now... Like, even, even way back in the day, there's a movie that you guys may know um, called Sense, Sense, of, Sense of Sensibility, if that's how you call it. My dad loves those kind of movies. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't stand them. But <laughs> that's just, that's the way the Lord made him. The Lord made me. That's okay. We're both made in his image. There's a scene where uh, um, two of the characters, they, they get in bed and they're ready to go to bed. And they take their socks off, and one of the ladies says to her, your feet are cold. <laughs> and so she gets up and she puts socks on her. So it's like, um, after a little while, they'll keep warm. So you, have to, you can look at it in that context as well, that, that uh, contextual setting. Verse 12, and then one came, or sorry, and though one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I'm just going to go off note real quick. Where it says, as, as, and though one can overpower him, let's, let's put, let's put us in that him, okay? Who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. We can think about that, about us and our place in Christ. That Christ helps us resist the devil by giving us a new heart, by changing us from the inside out. When we believe in him, when we put our faith in him, we are renewed from the inside out. We're, we're given the Holy Spirit when we have faith in Christ. That's, that, is, that is clear in the book of Acts, constantly. There were arguments. That, that, again, this all, the doctrine of salvation by faith alone is still a very hard doctrine for people to agree with. And Quite frankly, I think it's number one, their eyes haven't been opened. Number two, they're prideful. They wanna they wanna add something to their salvation rather than looking at what Christ has done. 
But going back to verse 10, I want to read verse 10 real quick and then and then say my note. For if either one of them falls, where it says, there's a footnote here where it says, for if either of them falls, it can also translate into um, they fall as if it's both one falls or just one. You can do a cross-reference here for this verse when you look at it that way. It's, uh, we know, we, you may know the verse, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. This is another part where when iron sharpens iron, think about as if the irons have, are their physical things and they have feelings. That would hurt when you're like, you're iron sharpening iron. That would hurt if it's like, if they have feelings and they're rubbing up against each other. Sometimes a rebuke can hurt. Sometimes a correction can hurt. And that's where we have to forsake our pride. And we realize I'm not above reproach. I will never be above reproach. No matter how many people I'm discipling, no matter if I'm a pastor of a mega church, no matter what. My Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit. So I'm I'm never above reproach. Unless in that moment when someone does reproach you and, and they're wrong, then you should still keep a heart of humility and, and ask them, you know, how did you get to that point? I would love to know. Um, but at the same time, say, maybe I could be wrong, and you pray about it, and then you, you gain wisdom from the Lord. Just hit my mic again, sorry. Um, so this is, again, going back to David Guzik. Excuse me, I do have a water. On today's episode, just to let you guys know. But Guzik says, concerning verse 12, where it says, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. When two work and live together, they can bring security and safety to each other. To use a familiar phrase, they can watch the back of one another. Think about that. I really, I love that by Guzik. Again, to continue with Guzik, these four verses show us the great value of human relationships. That two are better than one. Living and working together is a great advantage to to living and working alone. And adds these four things to life. Uh, Productivity. They have a good reward for their labor. Uh, Help in need. If if one of them falls, one uh, will lift up his companion. Comfort in life. They will keep them warm. Um, Safety and security. Two can withstand. There are moments where like, okay, for example, like, I think, uh, Proverbs, I think it's actually, uh, I think it might be, I think it's Proverbs 31. It talks about speaking up for the one who cannot speak up for himself. That's a verse that I use for, um, like speaking up for aborted babies. Um, they can't speak for themselves, you know, like, so you do your best to, um, be the salt of the world. Verse 13, a poor yet wise youth is better than than an old and foolish king who no longer knows how to receive instruction and counsel, friendly reproof and warning. Again, I just talked a little bit about this, about, about not being above reproach. Verse 14, for the poor youth has used his wisdom and come out of prison to become king even though he was born poor in his kingdom. 
I'm going to read those two verses real quick again because that is, that's huge. A poor yet wise king is better than the old and foolish king who no longer knows how to receive instruction and counsel, friendly reproof and warning. For the poor youth has used his wisdom and come out of prison to become king, even though, even though he was born Excuse me, poor in his kingdom. Verse 15, I have seen all the living under the sun join with the second youth, the, uh, the king's acknowledged successor who replaces him. Excuse me. There is no end to all the people, to all who were before them. Yet those who come later will not be happy with him. Surely this also is vanity, emptiness, and chasing after the wind. So Solomon is continuing to explain all these crazy and beautiful things, but it's all still vanity when you chase after it. Let's read, uh, let's read verses 13 and 14 again. I, you know, I, I'm going to read it for the third time again because this is, this, is, this is so cool how Solomon words himself. A poor yet wise youth is better than an old and foolish king who no longer knows how to receive instruction. Who's the person that isn't learning how to receive instruction? The foolish king. They don't want to have friendly reproof or warning. For the poor youth has used his wisdom and come out of prison to become king. I feel the peace of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Even though he was born in his kingdom. Even though he was born poor in his kingdom. Solomon is almost saying, this poor man, but who is wise, has become a true king. Jesus was the true king. He became poor. Paul talks, talks a little bit about this, I believe, in 2 Corinthians. He became poor. Christ became poor uh, by coming down from heaven. He took on the form of a servant, died on a cross. He took the wrath that we deserve. The religious leaders and the people in the book of Acts say Caesar was king. No, truly, Jesus was king and he still is. Just looking at verse 13, this is why it is so important to be meek, humble, and teachable. I teach that so much here in my podcast, even in today's episode. And again, beloved, it's, I'm not telling you anything I don't practice in my own life, okay? I've never gone wrong in never acting above reproach. I'm not sure if that makes sense. But essentially, I've, I've never gone wrong in not acting above reproach. I know so many Christians, and this is heartbreaking, who have been walking with Christ for a long, for a long time. But they're not teachable. They don't want to be corrected. And again, it's heartbreaking. Jesus taught us that meekness would bless us. It's in the Beatitudes. Luke even records it in uh, chapter 8. Luke records the Beatitudes in, in his gospel in chapter 8. I believe it's chapter 8. Um, uh, hang on a sec. Oh, my bad. It's Luke chapter 6, verses 20 through... Uh, first, uh, uh, 23. 
or no, 22. Anyway, but Jesus teaches us that meekness will bless us. Again, I feel the peace of the Holy Spirit right now. Oh my gosh. And how much does Proverbs drastically warn us against arrogance? Because verse 14 then shows us who we will become if we do verse 13. God's word will not come back void. So I actually do have it titled here. My favorite verse, are, I had it. I have it titled here, verses uh, 13 and 14. My favorite verse. And then what did I personally learn in this when I, when I, when I studied this, which was kind of months ago. But anyway, I learned more about what a true king looks like. I also learned more about the sad reality of the sin of the oppression of man. For those of you listening on Spotify, I have, here's my question on my poll for you. You can answer it down below and then I can share it next week on next week's episode. If we, if we do next week's episode, Lord willing. And my question for you is, have you been, have you seen blessing in your life in moments of being teachable? Or I guess another way you could ask is, have you seen the Lord bless your meekness? And then my poll uh, for you guys is, how does it make you feel inside when you see the sin of oppression continue to go on? Can make you sad, can make you feel neutral, or that it doesn't bother you? Well, amen and amen, beloved. That is our Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Let's close in prayer. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word that it guides us and that we can we can go to it for instruction and reproof and encouragement, Lord. And just pray that you continue to enlighten us with this, Lord. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for your peace. Continue to reveal your son to us. Um, Lord, I do pray for those that are confused. If they need assurance from you, show it to them. Give them understanding through the scriptures. Uh, give them wisdom in moments of confusion about what they need to know, Lord. Protect them in their dream realm, O oh Lord. Help them to hunger for your word again. Lord, if they're, if they're becoming obedient from the heart, show them that. Give them that assurance, Lord. I don't, I don't know what's going on in their lives, but you do, Lord. Help us to love you. Help us to look to your son, to put our hope in him. That is the only way that we enter heaven, by trusting in him. Narrow is the way. And people will try to enter into the gates by their own works. But it is by faith alone, in Christ alone. Thank you for your son. Thank you that we can put our hope in him. Thank you that we can trust him. Thank you that he's sent by you. Show us again the beauty of of your son, the beautiful realities of him. Help us to consider it joy when we go through trials, Lord, that we would see things the way that you see them, Lord. Even though that may be a long discipline, Father, you're patient with us. You see our weakness. You know that we're made of dust. Help us to continue to have a, a heart of reverence for you, Lord. guide us as we go out the rest of the week help us with any stress lord that we would 
we would continue to commune with you, soften our hearts to continue to do your will and be doers of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, looking at my uh, phone here, going on 44 minutes. It's a good study. I uh, was, uh, I think I told you guys about the job that I was proposed with. I'm still thinking about what I want to do. I did have an interview with another uh, cleaning position at United Wholesale Mortgage in Pontiac. It is a farther drive than what this job is. Um, it, you know, even the job here that the lady did say you could have, you know, I want to present the job to you. I want to, I want to, I want you to take the job. Um, the pay's not the best, but I'm like, maybe this is something the Lord's calling me into humility and searching out. So I do appreciate your prayers in that. Um, and again, the, the angst of, uh, just wanting to meet my wife has gotten harder. But again, I've been finding these little glimpses of joy that the Lord is being glorified through that waiting. And it's, oh my gosh, I had to go through, I, I've had to go through more humility to learn that. And I'm just so grateful to God that he has really helped me through that. Um, so thank you, Lord. Um, please be praying for my friend Alec. Uh, he's in a really tough season right now, and I'm continuing to walk with him. Um, I've been giving him lots of wisdom, but he's just in a big season of confusion, and he's he's going through a lot of tough things. I just really ask for your prayers, even if it's just a small prayer, praying a Bible verse. I, I appreciate it. Um, working on some other people in my life I'm discipling and uh, having fellowship with. Um really tried to watch the Lions game on Sunday and it was rough, but uh, I don't think this year's our year. I think next year's our year. So we'll see, but beloved, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As we took a deep dive into Ecclesiastes chapter four, this is your friend, Josiah. God loves you.